Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we do welcome you here tonight. There's a bulletin. Praise the Lord for for our first-time attenders. We thank you for coming tonight. There's a little guest registration, and if you could be so kind to fill that out on that perforated tab that's attached to the bulletin, that would be a great help to us. We have a record of your visit, please. And uh, you can uh, look in there for the vision of our church. If you're looking for a good church, we believe you found one. Hungry people find a good restaurant. I said hungry people find a good restaurant. Amen. And this is a good one. Amen. I can assure you that this is the best one on Seneca Street in Tualatin. (laughs) Now, we're the only one at this point, but praise God. Amen. But we're growing. Amen. But uh, so we're so glad to have you tonight. But uh, I believe God's got something special for every person here tonight. Amen. And we're so thankful and delighted to have Brother and Sister Moore with us tonight. Amen. Wasn't that wonderful last night? Amen. We're so thankful. So thankful. And yes, Sunday morning too. Amen. I kind of got my days mixed up today. I thought tomorrow's Wednesday, but today's Monday, so it can't be Wednesday. Amen. But, uh, but look through the bulletin. You can see our vision, of course, the different things going here on the church. And uh, we have services, of course, tonight, 7 p.m., and then through Friday night at 7 p.m., and then no service on Sunday, and then uh, Saturday. or Saturday, excuse me. Good night. Good night. See, I, I just was trying to find out if you were paying attention. See. <laughs> but anyway, so no service on Saturday, but Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m., okay? Um, but um, I just want to encourage you. We do have some cards at the back. And uh, we'll remind you at the end of the service, but invite people. Invite people to have a need. It's really important. You can reach out through Facebook and uh, reach out and call people and bring people because the Lord is moving. And, uh, you know, bring them because people need a touch from God. They need help, don't they? Just like we need help and did need help, we still need help and we'll need help tomorrow. Amen. And so... Let's, uh, let's, let's reach out to those that are hurting, amen, and believe that God's going to supernaturally touch their life and they're never going to be the same again, amen? Right. Hallelujah. Now, uh, one last thing before my brother comes and ministers is um, at the end he receives an offering, just so everyone knows, because we're not going to receive one now. But they do that because, and what they do in their travels is uh, they come at their own expense. Uh, they uh, fly up here in their motel, rental car, et cetera, all the expenses to that. And then also, too, of course, they have a budget and they have different things going on, and we don't want to just meet their needs. We want to surpass them, amen? And so uh, I just tell you that ahead of time so um, you can prepare your hearts for that, amen? Praise the Lord. So why don't you come, brother? And uh, are you ready? Did you buy that sermon? Did you buy that sermon today? I bought it for me next Sunday. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That must have been a word of knowledge. Hallelujah. No, it's the gift of suspicion. No, it's awesome to be here with you. Um, We love your dear pastors, pastors um, Don and Monty, and we we sure love Pastor Don, Brother Monty. We're getting there. Hallelujah, but <laughs> I think you missed it, but no, we're, we're, I, you know, I appreciate 
I appreciate Holy Ghost pastors. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll say it again. I appreciate Holy Ghost pastors and pastors that study the Word of God. And I can tell you, I, I've been around Pastor Don and Pastor Monty long enough to know now to know their hearts and that they have a heart for the Lord. That's everything, you know. Some, some, to be honest with you, a lot of, a lot of ministers don't. And uh, because the majority of ministers, according to the Barner Group, which is a research group, that most pastors, I think it's something, it's, it's almost 70% or more actually, if they would, they, they would, they would quit their church and take a secular job making more money. So that gives you a little insight why you have hundreds of churches, about 400 churches a month closing in, in America. Matter of fact, there's a wealthy guy in Tennessee that's going around. He's buying as many churches as he can in America um, for one reason, because the Muslims are buying them. So, uh, but I appreciate, I appreciate your pastors. They're awesome people. And I'm believing God for a great break, breakthrough in this area. Amen. I mean, God, I, I find God always places a church in a city because, because God uses people. You know, God does nothing apart from people. He does nothing apart from the Holy Ghost and he does nothing apart from people. Amen. And here's what, here's the thing that I realize is that and I'm going to share some things this, tonight, but here's the thing I realize about the church. If, if what you have doesn't work on the streets, then you, you, then you don't have anything from heaven. If what you have doesn't work on the streets, all you have is hype. Let me say it again. If what you have doesn't work on the streets, all you have is hype. Because the anointing of God, listen, the anointing of God is what makes the difference in people's lives. Amen? But so many people in the body of Christ, so little, do not really understand what the anointing is. They don't understand the Holy Spirit. And... Um, there's always a remnant, and I believe I'm looking at the remnant. I believe I'm looking at a bunch of hungry people, because only hungry people come out on Monday night. No, only hungry people come out on Monday night. So the very fact that you're here shows, not only shows me that you're hungry, but shows the Lord that you're hungry, because trust me, God does look and God does see. And there's things that God does look for. Amen? There's things that God looks for. God looks for hungry people. Because it's hungry people. Listen, and hungry. Listen, I'll tell you something about hunger. Hungry people irritate satisfied people. We see. I see Sister uh, Lori back here from from um, River Church in Salem. So I, I remember what two years ago the Lord touched you in our meeting, didn't He? It should never be the same. And so we're so glad to see you tonight. Hallelujah. And. Um, but I, but you'll find that hungry people irritate satisfied people. People that are on fire for God irritate people that aren't. People that are radical givers irritate people that are stingy. No, pe people people that that study the word irritate people that don't. People that are passionate about Jesus, I promise you, they irritate people that aren't passionate. But one thing that happens when a revival comes, first off, there's no such thing as a quiet revival. You know, oftentimes people, God sent us a revival. 
but they want it to <laughs> they want it to be their way. And listen, God never does something to conform to the way you think it should be. And here's the thing I've learned over the years is the man with the experience is never at the mercy of the man with the argument. And there's just some things that you'll never really understand about God until you experience Him. There's some things you'll never really understand. I mean, it's, listen, thank God for the Word. We have to get into the Word. Amen? We have to study the Word. We have to get into the Word. But just getting in the Word itself produces doesn't produce the move of God. Understand something. And there's a saying that I've heard years ago. If all you ever do is have the Word, 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 you're going to dry up. But if all you ever do is have the spirit, 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 you're going you're gonna to blow up. But if you have the Word and the Holy Ghost together, guess what? You're going to grow up. Amen? Then I, then I added something to it. When the offering bucket's passed, you'll pay up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but it's amazing to me the people who... who <clears throat> Go with me to the book of Luke, if you would. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I, I do like to meddle. Go with, go with me to the book of Luke. Hallelujah. <laughs> what? Oh, that's my helpmate. Fix my pants. It's these, this suit. people that are full of joy irritate people that don't have any joy I have to tell you as you turn to Luke chapter 4 Luke the 4th chapter it's page 1240 Luke the 4th chapter I I I was in revival you know matter of fact I just spoke matter of fact I just had a guy uh, just text me tonight, during, actually during the service here. Um, he's, he, he, he puts movies together and he's, uh, he's working on a film. Well, he just finished a film on miracles. And the second film that he's working on, it's, it's just on, on, on the church history, on the revival, on the great awakenings. And he was just up in New England. And he, he just texted me and he said, he, he wants to get together with me. He said, uh, man, I was, I, I, I met a pastor that um, you was at his church. I said, really? And I said, who, well, who is it? And he told me who the pastor was. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, we were, this church, he, he, uh, we, he, we were only supposed to be there for, uh, what, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, four nights. You know, been there three weeks. And uh, matter of fact, we had to move buildings. And he was showing me the newspaper. They, they came, one, 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 I woke up on a Sunday morning, and this is during the second week. I woke up on Sunday morning, and somebody had slid the Concord Monitor. It's 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 a newspaper that goes all over New England. So I mean, it's not a community newspaper. It's a, it's a major newspaper. It goes to all six states of New England. And I, 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 I only the Lord could do this. I received forty thousand dollars worth of advertisement free, and on the front page of the newspaper, I had my picture praying for somebody. Somebody's on the floor, on on at the altar on the ground. And big, bold letters across the top of the newspaper, capitalized with these words, drunk in the spirit. <laughs> and, and when that newspaper hit, of course, it hit all over New England. We had to move buildings. 
and um, and it was, it was a, a place was packed every single night. And uh, actually, we could have went on longer, but um, so I'm, I'm texting him with this producer, and he said to me, he said, "Yeah, I'm talking with the pastor, and he, he showed me articles of your revival." And he said, you know, when Richard was here and the revival broke out, he said, our church more than doubled. And that's, that's how it's supposed to be. People need to understand what the move of the Spirit of God is. Amen? Well, and here's the thing. You cannot put any limits on it. You can't put any time on it. And I can tell you, when the Spirit of God moves, it's radical. Amen. There's no such thing as a quiet revival. I promise you. Acts chapter 2, there wasn't nothing quiet about it. Matter of fact, the Bible says it was noised abroad. The people, the people came, and then when the people came and saw the people, they knew that something happened. And the only thing that the people could say in their mind and relate it to was drunkenness. That's why Peter got up and said, wait a minute. They are drunk. They're just not drunk like you think they're drunk. They're not drunk on the wine that you get drunk on. They're drunk on the wine of heaven. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Amen? But isn't it amazing how, how, how people, see that as, people see that as an event that happened then, but it's not for today? I, 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 tell, you, I, I, get so, I tell you, one of the weeks that, that irks me is, is Pentecostal week. No, no, they, they, every year we, ce- we celebrate Pentecost. Isn't it amazing how that we've, we've regulated it to, a, to a, just a once-a-year celebration? For, what do they call it? What's it called? Pentecost Sunday. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Pentecost Sunday. Every Sunday should be Pentecost. No, every Sunday should be Pentecost. Every service should be Pentecost. No, uh, come on. Every Sunday should be Pentecost. Every service should be Pentecost. Every time we come together, it should be a move of the Spirit of God. Every time we come together, the fire of God should fall. Every time we come together, the Spirit of God should move. But we've regulated Pentecost Sunday. We've regulated it to a once a year celebration. And isn't it amazing that when you listen, you listen to people talk about, they, t- they talk about Pentecost and they talk about the history of the church, they only go back three, four hundred years. They never go back to when it started. It started in Acts chapter 2. That's the history of the church. A.W. Tozer said something very powerful. A.W. Tozer said, he said, if you was to take the Holy Spirit out of the church during the early church, which you'll never hear me use that term very much, early church. I don't like the term early church. Because oftentimes when people use the term early church, they, 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 they make it out to be that there's two separate churches. There was the church then when it began, and then there's the church now. We're the same church. Nothing's changed. We're still the early church. It's just 2000 and whenever it is. What is it? 20. <laughs> I had to think for a minute. It's just 2020. We're still the same church. We still have the same Father. We still have the same Holy Ghost. We have the same fire. We have the same purpose. We have the same mission. Nothing's changed. And A.W. Tozer said something very powerful. I love a. He's one of my favorite authors. Tozer said this. He said, if you used to take the Holy Spirit out of the early church, he said this. He said, 95% of all the stuff that went on would cease. But if you used to take the Holy Ghost out of the church today... 95% 95% of the things that go on would continue to go on. 
Meaning this, that, that, that the church now is, is operated by the wisdom of man instead of operated by the Holy Ghost. That's why I made the statement earlier. If what you have in your church doesn't work on the street, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. If what you have in your church doesn't work on the streets, you have hype. Hello? Because I, I can promise you, the majority of the miracles we've had have happened outside the church. So why is it that people don't go out? Could it be that they don't believe that God would move? Amen? Or could it be they don't have anything? And there are churches that are like that way. And I can tell you that's why I am here tonight. That's why we have the ministry that we have because I was that way. Because I would go around the country having miracle crusades with no miracles. And it took me five years to realize there's a problem. <laughs> and I began to cry out to the Lord. And I began to cry out to God. And, and God heard my cry. And God touched me. And since 1990 to now, we've conducted 8,000 revivals. That's a lot of revivals. That's a lot of being in church. My wife and I lived in church from, up from 1990 to about 2012 for 25 years, 500 meetings a day. I lived in church. We, had, we used to have huh? 500, not a day. 500 meetings a year, yeah, two services a day. We'd have a morning meeting, start at 10 o'clock. They would go, we'd start at 10, they'd go to about 1 or 2. Then we'd go eat. And then we'd get home or we'd get back to the hotel Go back to the service at seven, and we'd get we'd uh, leave the church around twelve, one o'clock, sometimes two o'clock in the morning. Then we'd go eat. <laughs> no, then we'd go eat moons over Miami or whatever at, at Denny's. Yeah, no, we'd go eat. We'd go eat, and that's that's how, how come I went. I got huge. <laughs> I mean, I got huge, and then you know what? Didn't go back to the hotel. I'm still wired. Zzz. Try to, try to go to bed when the anointing's on you. It's impossible. I, I just lay there. So I'd, I'd, I'd go to bed, you know, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, then get up, have a service at 10 o'clock. And we'd do it day after day after day after day after day, week after week after week after week, week after week. Because up until, up until about 2012, everywhere we would go, we'd stay four, five, six, seven weeks. Everywhere. Two services a day. You can't. It's impossible to do that in a natural. It's impossible. I mean, I, uh, the, I, I, I hired worship leaders. I mean, it was so funny. I mean, after after the first couple of weeks, I mean, they they can't even do it. They want to quit. <laughs> no, no. They, I mean, because just because. No, no. But you have you have to be graced to do it. And, and I would tell every one of my worship leaders when I hire them, I, I tell them, I said, look, I said, here's, I said, you go out, I, I, I'll come out when I'm ready. And I usually go out during worship. And I said, if I hear you playing any song about the devil, you're fired immediately. Because he's not an issue. He's defeated. Come on, he's defeated. Satan is defeated. No, come on, he is defeated. He's a defeated individual. And I mean, and they'd go singing these songs about you know going up to the high, devil's places or whatever and pull the devil down. Oh, stop! Give me a break. 
<laughs> no, and I'd go to these church and everything about the devil. And because you could tell how you can always tell when something's not of God because it only lasts for a season. There was a time up until up until about five years ago, everybody's into warfare, 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 war. People came into church wearing combat gear. No, no, people came into church wearing their army uniforms because they're gonna they're gonna do battle with the devil. But but you know what? Bless their, bless them, bless the people. I mean. I'm sure they meant well, but the reality is Satan was already defeated. Hello? Satan was already defeated. No, no, Satan was already defeated. No, 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 Satan was already defeated. As Christians, we enforce his defeat. Amen? Well, we got to find out why the city was... Then they got into mapping. We got to find out what the spirit was here. Rubbish. Who 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 gives a rip? I was in I was in Scotland. I don't know. I'm gonna have to. I can't believe I was in Scotland, and the pastor said, "I want you to put you at the house." I said, "I don't stay in people's homes, Brother Richard. You don't want to stay in this home." I said, "I don't stay in people's homes. I don't want to stay in people's homes. I don't I don't like staying in people's homes. I want to have my own place." Now, Brother Richard, I think you want to stay here. You want to stay with this lady. She's got a big home. I don't want to stay with the lady. I don't want to stay with her because I've stayed with people before and they keep me up all night telling me about their revelation. <laughs> and I don't, want to hear, I don't want to hear about their revelation. <laughs> and most of the time they're just, Jesus, help me. So finally I gave in. I gave in because I had I had my worship leader with me at the time, another pastor. I said, okay. Well, then I got, in the, okay, well, maybe, you know, I'd cut down the expenses. Okay, I'll stay with the lady. He said, you'll want to stay with the lady. She's very wealthy. That don't mean nothing to me. So we get to the house. We get to her house, and she has prepared food. I look on the table, I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> So we sit down to eat. She says, she wants to pray. I said, okay. So she, we held hands and she starts shouting. In the name of Jesus, Satan, I bind you. In the name of Jesus, come out of this food. I'm thinking, she made it. She's telling to come out of the food. And I'm like, oh. Oh, so I don't stay with people, and I, I just, I, I just stopped. I just, I, I'll be honest with you, I just rose up. I just, I stopped at the time. I just, I just looked at her. I was done, <laughs> and she prayed, and it was like she had to, you know, impress me. And then she serves the food, and I'm like, Jesus, help me, Jesus. I said, I said, Lord, if you deliver me now, I'll never ask you for nothing ever again in my life, Jesus. <laughs> then she starts whispering. Psst, 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 psst. What? Psst, psst, psst. Lady, I can't hear you. Psst, 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 psst. What? I had to say to her like four or five times, what, lady, I can't hear you. Ma'am, please, I want to understand what you're saying. What are you saying? Brother Richard. What? 
Christ, how's my house bugged? I said, lady, did you say Antichrist? She says, the Antichrist has my house bugged. I said, the Antichrist has your house bugged. And she says, we went, we went on to Mount Sinai, my son and I, who was a nut. I said, what? We went on to Mount Sinai for what? We battled the devil. And we defeated him. And now he's after us. I said, we cast down all the devils. And then I threw her for, for a loop. I said, you cast down all the devils? I said, where'd you put them? What? You, you, we sent them to hell. I said, you didn't. You don't have that authority. And I'm like, part of me felt sorry for her. The other part was like, she's nuts. <laughs> and I said, I excuse myself. I said, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm, just, I'm just done. I, don't, I, can't handle, I can't handle fruitiness. I said, I'm done. So I'm home to my room. And as soon as I got up, the pastor that was with me and the and my worship leader, they got up too. And we, I went to the room, our room, and the, another pastor was sharing a room with me. And so we walked in the room. I said, lock the door. <laughs> I said, lock the door. Uh, so we share, we, we're sharing a room, not a bed, a room. <laughs> got to say that these days. <laughs> he had his own bed, all right? And I said, I said lock the door. I said, because the whole, the whole time I was there, the whole time, I, that, that theme song for that one movie, that, that horror movie, kept going through my head. <laughs> do, 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 That's how I felt. But unfortunately, unfortunately, the, the, the lady thought she was, she didn't realize she was so deceived because she made everything about the devil. Yeah. I'm not devil conscious, I'm Jesus That's conscious. Right. You're not to be conscious of the devil. You're to be conscious of Jesus. Come on. You're to be conscious of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has already defeated him. Listen, Jesus already. There's nothing you can do in the flesh. Listen, Jesus already defeated him. And then unfortunately, the, the son, who, who's about 26 years old, who was. <laughs> she, she brought over her all of her worship leaders, not worship leaders, I'm sorry, all of her prayer team which was other fruity ladies. And the, hus- the, the son came running down the stairs naked. <laughs> and he had a cape on. And he locked him. <laughs> he, locked him in, he locked him in a closet. And he went over, he ran across the field and went into a bar and jumped up on the table and tried to tell him about Jesus naked with a cape on. See, when you yield to the devil, when you give in to, to the devil, you, you understand something. Let me just say something to you. Whatever you yield to is what you're going to be filled with. Whatever you yield to is what you're going to be full of. Listen to me. Whatever you yield to is what you're going to be full of. Satan's defeated. Listen to me. Satan is defeated. Now, you don't hear anybody talking about warfare anymore. You know why? 
But yet we're still doing what we're doing all these years later. And listen to me. God's not goofy. The Holy Spirit's not spooky. He's a very real person. And yet, and I can get on Pentecostals too, because you get to Pentecostals, and every time you talk about the Holy Ghost, everybody wants to talk about tongues. But the Holy Ghost isn't a tongue. He's a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. And He's living on the inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's on the inside of you. God wants to use you. Every single one of you here, God wants to use you in a very mighty way. Every single one of you here, God wants to use you. God wants to use you to cast out devils. God wants to use you to get people healed. God wants to use you to get people free. But unfortunately, the church world has a mindset that God only does things in the four walls of a church. And we have to break that mindset. we got to break that mindset here in Oregon. That's a mindset that needs to be broken. I mean, you hear Christians, you know, they talk to people, they talk to people at their job, you know, they're not doing well. Well, come to our church on Sunday. Stop. Forget about come to church on Sunday. You're right there. You're the church. You pray for them right there. See, but there's this mindset, well, I got to get them into church. But the reality is you are the church. I'm looking at the church right here. This building is just a building made of brick and mortar. This is the church. Right here. Chemo. Chemo Sabi. God touched you last night, and it's just the beginning. But understand, listen, we, we are to take the Holy Spirit out. Have you found, have you found Luke chapter 4? And it was unfortunate. Listen, that, that couple, I mean, it was unfortunate what happened with that couple. I actually told the pastor, I said, look, you need to get with this lady and, and her son. And, and, and he was a little weird himself, but... <laughs> and I'm not trying to be mean. But understand something. The Holy Spirit's not goofy. He's not kooky. Hello. And people want to come and do weird things. And this is why you have people that go around everything, you know, here, here a few years ago, everything was the gold dust. Well, I got to with those gold dust falling. So? What's, so what? Who cares? Oh, man, we got to go where the gold dust was. And what is that doing? What's that do for you? I'm going to stay with Jesus. No, listen, I'm going to stay with Jesus. Because you don't, that's, you don't need to hear about that going on anymore. That only lasted for about three years. See, if it's God, it, if it's God, it doesn't stop. I'll say it again. If it's God, it doesn't stop. Now, if it's God, it doesn't stop. Now, if it's God, it doesn't stop. I had somebody come and tell me, well, they showed me all the gold, the gold bust on. I said, well, you know, if you really want to impress me, you really want to impress me? That's right. Take all the gold dust, take it down to the pawn shop, melt it into some gold bars, and pay off people's debt. Then you impress me. Pay off the church. That's going to impress me. But I can't find it anywhere with Jesus. But isn't it amazing how we've, even in the church, we've got lots of days ago, we thought, well, you know, <laughs> everything that's, just because it's, you've never seen it before doesn't mean it's God. And we've got to, the, we've come to this place to where we just accept anything. No, no, no. If it's not in Scripture, you don't accept it. 
I'll say it again. If it's, and I don't see it with Jesus. I don't see it with the early church. And, and listen, and I'm not sure, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not here to eat, come against, I'm here because I want people to base everything they do on the truth of God's word. Because anytime, listen, God has to, God wants to use you. But if, if, if you allow the enemy to come and get you off an era in certain areas, then guess what? Then you will see miracles cease. You will see the move of the Spirit of God in your life cease. I don't want anything in my life that's not of God. No, I don't want anything in my life that's not of the Father. And I can tell you, we've had incredible things happen. I mean, incredible. Listen, I can sit here for, and this is not exaggeration. I don't, my wife would tell you, I don't exaggerate. I'm very... Line upon line, I'm very black and white. I don't exaggerate. I, but I could take the rest of this week, every, every, every service from here on out, and just tell you testimonies and signs and wonders of things that happened over the years. I can take you to churches that I've been to where a lady goes into a trance for four days. Stuck in a trance for four days. Didn't move for four days. Didn't drink any food. Did I say that right? <laughs> you know where I'm going. Didn't drink any water, didn't eat any food for four days. But yet she was in a trance. But I can show you scripture for that. That's why, listen, I, I don't, if, 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 if it's not in here, I don't want it. Anyway, I don't know why I said all that. That wasn't in my notes. But everything's for a reason. Everything's to go to a whole nother level. Luke chapter 4. Have you found it? Hallelujah. Look at Luke chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 13. Uh, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the, of the Spirit into Galilee. And His fame went throughout the surrounding region. <clears throat> And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by everyone. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And when he had unrolled the scroll, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recover of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are oppressed and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And every move of God and every revival, listen to me, and every revival that's ever hit the United States of America or has ever hit the, hit the world, you'll find right here, Luke chapter 4, taking place. Now, a few things about the anointing I want to talk to you about tonight. Because everything that God does, listen to me, everything that God does through you it's going to happen because you yield to the anointing. Everything's about the anointing. Because it's the anointing of God that makes the difference in people's lives. It's the anointing of God that sets the captives free. Where the anointing is, if the anointing of God is not present, captives cannot be set free. Where if the anointing of God is not present, listen to me, deliverance cannot happen. Miracles do not happen. 
So our focus must be on the anointing because one of the things that you look about at Jesus is that everywhere Jesus went, Jesus, number one, would draw attention to the Holy Ghost. Everywhere Jesus would go, Jesus would draw attention to the anointing. Here in Luke chapter 4, the first thing that he did, he opened up the book of Isaiah and began to read how the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. I, I, rem- I remember one time when Jesus uh, came and met with my mentor, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagen. I remember one of the times that Jesus said to him, Jesus said, every city I go into, every town I go into, every village I would go into, the first thing I would tell the people is that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. We see that happening right here in Luke chapter 4. The first thing that Jesus did is he advertised. He advertised the anointing. He advertised the fact that the Spirit of God was upon him. He advertised that the anointing of God was upon him. What did he do? Jesus drew attention to the anointing. Why? Because it's the anointing of God that makes the difference in everybody's life. It's the anointing of God that empowers us. It's the anointing of God that empowers Jose to do that which God's called him to do. It's the anointing of, what's your name? It's the anointing of God that empowers Ronell to do what God's called her to do. It's the anointing of God that empowers you. It's the anointing of God that is that is released into people's lives. The anointing of God is tangible. And I hear people say all the time, and we got to move beyond. Listen, I know what they mean. But yet I can tell you since 1990, I have never had to get up and say, well, by faith, the anointing's here. Never. Never. Since 1990. And I've heard people get up and say, well, you know, by faith, the anointing is here. I don't want to be there. No, no. The anointing is present right now. My hands are all burning like fire right now. I minister with a tangible anointing. Everywhere I go, it goes with me. 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 And it's the anointing of God that we have to draw attention to. Just like Jesus did. What, did. what did Peter do? Peter's preaching in Cornelius' house. They wanted to know about Jesus. So guess what Peter began to do? Listen, if there's anybody that knew about Jesus, it was Peter. Amen? I mean, Peter, listen, and Peter was, listen, Peter was, Peter was one of the radical ones. I probably would have been great friends with Peter. I mean, Peter, Peter was, he was a hothead. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he would pull out, he didn't have a problem pulling out his sword and chopping off ears. I mean, that, that was just Peter. I mean, Peter was that way. But Peter was also, I mean, he also denied. But he, he was also the one that got up in, in the day of Pentecost and began to proclaim to the people what was taking place. Amen? <clears throat> and... Peter's preaching in Cornelius' house. If anybody knew about Jesus, it would be Peter. But what did Peter begin to say? Peter said this, how God anointed Jesus. Notice the very thing that Peter begins to talk about is the anointing. That's the first thing he talked about. The first thing Jesus talked about everywhere he would go was the anointing. The first thing Peter talked about when he was beginning to talk about Jesus in Cornelius' house was the anointing. He said this in Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. 
who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. There it is up on the screen. For God was with him. Notice the Bible says he went about doing good and. You know that's two different things? Everybody thinks the good, everybody thinks the healing was the good. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says Jesus went about doing good and healing. Two different things. Do you ever wonder, did you ever think about what was the good that Jesus did? Actually, if you begin to study this out, that's what we, the word good is where we get the word philanthropist from. He went about doing good and healing. All who are oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. But notice that the first thing Peter talks about is the anointing. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel. Do you know you got to be anointed to preach? Do you know you have to be anointed to preach the gospel? He's anointed me to preach the gospel. Listen, I've heard some people, they're not, there's no anointing on them. I mean, it's like the old saying we had in Pentecost. You know, when I first came into Pentecost, I'd hear people, I'd, you know, you get these old time preachers get up and talk about, you know, they talk about the anointing and some people are anointed and some, some people aren't anointed. And, you know, they, there was this saying that went around that, that I'd, I, I'd always hear them say, you know, some are called, some are sent, others just took a microphone and went. <laughs> you know, some are called, some are sent, others took a microphone and went. But you can always tell those that are called and sent. You can always tell those that are called in sin. But the understand, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He said, He has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. Do you realize, in order for the uh, a broken heart to be healed, the anointing has to be present? Do you realize, in order for the captives to be free, the anointing has to be present? And yet, so many times, we focus on other things Apart from the anointing. But it's the anointing of God that we must focus on. It's the anointing of God that has to be present. Because it's the anointing of God that makes the difference in people's lives. It's the anointing of God that sets the captives free. It's the anointing of God that destroys the yoke of bondage. And everything that Jesus did, He did by a number of things. He did number one because He saw the Father do it. And we have to get back to those days. No, no, we need to get back to the days to where when we get up behind the pulpit, we begin to immediately begin to operate in the Holy Ghost, begin to operate in miracles. Why? Because we've seen the Father do things. I've had services before that I've walked out and done certain things, but you know why? I did it because I saw myself doing it. Jesus only did what he saw his Father do. That's what he said. He said, I only do those things that glorify the Father. And yet, we hear nothing of Jesus' ministry until he gets anointed at the age of 30. And you listen to tradition. You know what? I've heard people, you know, you hear people. I heard some guy one time talking about how Jesus, you know, he was, he, he, when he was a baby, he was working miracles. I'm like, What? No, 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 no. no, no. It's amazing some of the stuff. That's why I don't watch much Christian TV. Because you just get confused. No, uh, no, I'm, I'm telling you. I mean, I, I'm, I, I, the, the, the stuff that goes on. 
I mean, I'm listening to this guy one time, and he's talking about, I, listen, most of them I know. I played golf with a lot of them. And he had the screen come in like this, and, I'm, and he's all sweating. I'm like, probably, probably when they took a break, he sprayed himself with a water bottle. No, no, some of the stuff they do. I was telling Pastor um, Monty the other day that at the right time, I'm, I've already, I'm just waiting for the right time. There's a guy putting this on TV, nationwide, worldwide, almost a billion homes, but it's just not right time yet. But one of the reasons the guy's putting me on is because I said to the guy, I said, look, I only want to show the power of God in demonstration. I only want to show, I want to show people get in touch. I want to show altar calls. I'm so tired of hearing about uh, just turning on Christian TV and a 30-minute program in 25 minutes is, is about an offering. And it's, on, and, and, and it's always gimmicks that are used. And we wonder why people make fun and, and criticize the church because it's, it's all gimmicks. No, I'm serious. It's all gimmicks. And, and I said to the guy, I said, I'm, I will not receive an offering on TV. I will not even sell books. I will not sell our product. I won't even talk about money. And the deal that the guy gave me, if I was to tell you how much it's going to cost me a month, you'd say, oh, that's definitely gone to go all over the world. But it's just I'm waiting for the right time to do it. So, and I said to the and I and as I'm meeting with the guy, I said, I can't handle these guys to get up and manipulate people. Because they manipulate people and they, manip- they manipulate people's money out of their pocket. And I said to this guy, I said, you know, I'm watching and it was on your show. It was on your TV stage. That's what I said. <laughs> and he comes in and he comes on. If I was to tell you the guy, you'd know who he is. He comes on and he gets the camera right in his face and he says, people, I need every one of you to send $1,000. Some of you can send more. Some of you can send 100000 but the devil's attacking us. The devil's attacking us and we need you. Well, if the devil's attacking him, why, do, why does he need my money? <laughs> Hello? Then he says, well, the only one doing anything. Well, right, right there he's deceived. And let me say, if you think that your, whatever denomination or church you go to, if you think that your church or your denomination is the only one doing anything, you're deceived. Because I can tell you, there's a whole lot of people all over the world doing a whole lot of mighty things. I can take you right now to people in Africa that are doing mighty things. I can take you people right now that are raising the dead. You've never heard of their name. I have a friend in Mexico who's raised over 30 people from the dead. You've never, you've never even heard of him. He's raised, he's raised over 30 people from the dead. But you know what he said? He said, but you know what? He said... Every, every person that I raised from the dead, they got mad at me. No, he said they got mad at me and they left my church. They got mad at him and left his church because he raised him from the dead because he brought him back to earth. But you don't even know who he is. But he's a mighty man. Those people, I can take you to a pastor right now. Well, he's starting to become known now, but up until... Two years ago, nobody knew who he was. But he's got a church in Nigeria that's a mile long and a mile wide. His friend down the road has a church that's a mile and a half long and a mile and a half wide. They have five services 
on Sunday. It has 52,000 people inside and 350,000 people outside. Incredible things happening. He didn't go to Bible school. He didn't go to Bible school. But you know what? He studied his Bible and he prayed and fast. I mean, he was fast. And he fa- Matter of fact, he fast so much that he started bleeding inside. I mean, he just went to the extreme. But you know what? He said, like he said, he said, I'd rather go to the extreme, crying out to God, than be satisfied and having nothing. And he, he, just, he just finished his church. It's a mile long and a mile wide. This is in a third world country, ladies and gentlemen. No help from America. Not one American dollar built the church. This is a third world country. And most of his life, he couldn't even afford shoes. But he cried out to God. And for, he cried out to God and he'd fast and he'd pray and he'd cry out to God. He'd fast and he'd pray and he'd cry out to God. He'd fast and he'd pray and he'd cry out to God. And then one day God heard him and God came to him. And he had, he had an encounter with God. And the very next church, the very next Sunday, his church tripled. The Sunday after that, it tripled. The Sunday after that, it tripled. The Sunday after that, it tripled. And today, he just finished his church. It cost him a billion dollars to build. He paid cash for it in a third world country. Hello? Now he owns like three jets, Rolls Royces. He's got his own factory, a couple factories. But yet, just here 20 years ago, he couldn't even afford shoes. Obviously, something happened. Hello? Is God a respecter of persons? No. His friend has got his church down the road. It's a mile and a half long, mile and a half wide. If you're sitting in the box to answer the altar call, it takes you 20 minutes to get the altar. This is in a third world country. Do you know the offerings are so huge? Listen to this. The offerings are so huge that they're six months behind. So, so in February, they're still counting the offering from what? September of last year? Understand something. He's more than enough. And you don't have to get into gimmicks. And I watched this guy get come and he talks about how he needs a miracle and the devil's after him and the devil's attacking his ministry and and he said, you need a miracle. Send me a, send me. I, actually, I threw my shoe at the TV. No, I, I did. I'm in the hotel room. I threw my shoe at the TV. Because he said, if we don't get a miracle, if you don't send in that $1,000, if you don't send in that $100,000, we're going off the air. I threw my TV at the, at the I, sh- I threw my shoe at the TV. And I raised up in bed and I shouted. I said, God, please let nobody send in any money so we'll go off the air. And he said, you need a miracle. I thought about it. I probably wouldn't do it now. I thought about it. I said, wait, I need the miracle. And so I'm supposed to send him $1,000. But yet, he's going to go off the air if he doesn't receive a miracle. So I thought about it. I, I Honestly, I, I, I should have done it. I thought about it. I should have wrote him a letter and say, hey, look, I was watching your program, and it sounds like you're the one who needs a miracle. Why don't you send me $1,000? <laughs> No, but it's, see, but it, it's just the gimmicks. Because here's the reality. When the anointing is present, you don't have to have gimmicks. Because when the anointing is present, God's present. And when God's present, El Shaddai's present. And, and, and when He's present, there's more than enough. Amen. 
And say, why am I saying that? Because we've got to get back to where we focus on the anointing, where we focus on the person of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus focused on. That's where everywhere he would go, he would talk about the anointing. And it's the anointing of God that makes the difference. What is, somebody says, what is the anointing? Well, it's, it's real simple. It's God coming upon flesh. That's the anointing. It's God himself coming upon flesh. And when the anointing of God's with you, understand something, the impossible's with you. When the anointing of God's present, the impossible's present. When the anointing of God's present, signs and wonders are present. The impossible's present. But understand, it's the anointing of God that destroys the yoke of bondage and sets the captives free. But would you put, just put up there Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. Let me show you what the anointing of God does. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. According to the Spirit of God, speaking through Isaiah, what did Isaiah say? What did the Holy Ghost say through Isaiah? What is it that the anointing does? The Bible says that the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. Understand, the anointing does not break. I've heard people say, you know, I've heard people, and I don't correct people because I don't need to, but I've heard people say, well, the anointing breaks the yoke. No, no, no. The anointing doesn't break the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke. If I was to take, if I was to take, if I was to take this vase, and if I was to chip the top, do you know, we got amazing, we got Gorilla Glues, we got Wonder Glues, we got glues that would, you could glue it back together, touch it up with paint, and you'd never know it's broken. But if I was to take this vase outside and slam it against the concrete, and it shatters into a thousand pieces, how many of you know it's no longer broken, it's destroyed? Why? The Bible says that the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. What is the yoke? A yoke is something that, that keeps you bound up, that keeps you walking in freedom. A yoke can be sickness. A yoke can be a broken heart. But Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to heal the broken heart. Do you know your broken heart cannot be healed because you go to a doctor? Your broken heart cannot be healed because you take medicine. The Bible says it's the anointing that heals the broken heart. And I find there's a lot of people with broken hearts in the church. Here's the thing I also find, and in, in, in tonight, in the name of Jesus, it's going back to hell will it come from. There's a lot of people tonight, I find a lot of people in church deal with and live with shame. And it's time for the shame to leave you. And where there's shame, people don't even pray. My wife and I was at <coughs> church. I had this uh, uh, a meeting postponed. So I called this pastor who had been trying to get me to come, and I called him. I said, hey, look, I, I had a meeting postponed. I can come to you. This is in Indiana. He said, man, that's such short notice. When do you want to start again? I said, this Sunday. Well, it was like Wednesday. He said, man, that's such short notice. I said, that's the best time. Listen, I, I find that God moves in the suddenlies. I mean, forget about planning it. Just, just do it. He said, okay, we'll could do it. If you can't come any other time, we want you to come. So I, I drove there. We drove there. 
and it was a country, it was way out in the country. This church way out in the country. And they met in a barn. And I tell you, when I walked into the church on Sunday morning, I walked in, I'm like, oh, my Jesus, help me. I mean, it was probably the ugliest church I've ever been to. I mean, the, the walls were like a, 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 a ugly blue, uh, just about like a sweater, actually. <laughs> That's a nice looking blue shirt. <laughs> And it was a, it was a, it was ugly. It's my meeting now. It was ugly. <laughs> I love him. It was, oh no, it was an ugly, ugly coat. The, 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 the chairs were like a, like a green vinyl. And the carpet was like from different people's homes. No, and then they get up in the praise and worship and I'm like, huh, I can't handle it. I, I honestly, I stepped outside. Because the, the the guitar player had the had the little stickers on his the neck of his guitar. Let him know C G. I'm like, oh God, Jesus! <laughs> and then the keyboard player had the stickers, and it's like, it wasn't no smooth. It's like, <laughs> I, I said, Lord, I can't. I said, I can't. I said, Lord, I, I know there's numbers of ways. Can, you, can, you can worship the anointing down. You can pray it down. Yeah. You can preach it down. You can, there's a number of ways to get the anointing down. I said, Lord, we ain't going to be worshiping it down this week. <laughs> and I went to when I stepped outside. I couldn't handle it. It's horrible. My God, it was horrible. I'm out there about a minute. Next thing you know, the door opens up. The pastor steps outside and shuts the door behind him. He looks at me and he goes, my God, Brother Richard, I can't handle that, that in there. <laughs> That's the pastor. So here's the evangelist and the pastor outside because we're going to handle the worship. <laughs> Listen, I promise you, I'm, I'm different. I'm just a different guy. And I, I, I guess I'll just tell you everything. And so we get, I get up to preach. As I'm preaching... I noticed there's this lady sitting on the front row, and she's staring at me. And she's not even blinking. She's staring at me. And as I would walk around, she, she would follow me. And she would follow, and I'd walk up to her, and I'd hear her go, <clears throat> she'd growl at me. Here's this lady sitting on the front row growling at me. It's full of the devil. And, uh, and I, I'm like, Lord, you want me to cast the devil out of me? Well, he didn't say anything. Well, if he, I'm not going to do it. I mean, if I don't feel like to doing it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I'm thinking to myself the whole time. I mean, she's sitting up there with the pastor and his wife, and she's growling. And I, literally, I walk by, and she'd go, <laughs> she'd growl at me. And I'm thinking, okay. I gave an altar call. She didn't answer. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, well, she won't be back tonight. Sunday night, there she was. She's sitting on the front row, growled at me again. I thought, well, she won't be back Monday night. Monday night, there she was. And I'm, then, I, then I'm starting to feel like, okay, Lord, she's full of devils. And the devil's coming to my meeting. And it's like enjoying my meeting. Is there something wrong with me here, Lord? 
So I'm like, Tuesday night, I walk in, boom, there she is. Okay. And I heard the Lord, I said, Lord, here's this lady again. He said, now, because she's growling at me every single night. And it wasn't just a little whisper growl. I mean, the whole church knew. She'd growl at me. And I said, the Lord said, I want you to share your testimony tonight. Okay. So I begin to share my testimony. And as I begin to share my testimony, the fire of God started falling. I literally felt, and I, this don't happen all the time, but it happens often. Sometimes I feel like liquid fire falling on me. And that night, I feel like liquid fire fell on me. And when it, soon as it fell on me, I went to go say something. And what I did, the lady that was growling at me, sitting on the front row, she let out this scream. She goes, Wah! she let out this scream. And she goes, ah! and it felt like, uh, she probably went just a few seconds, but it sounded, it felt like, you know, 30 minutes, but she just went on. And then as soon as she stopped screaming, all of a sudden, boom, she starts laughing. And she starts laughing uncontrollably, boom, and she hits the floor. She's laughing uncontrollably, hits the floor, starts rolling around on the floor. That's where we get the word, you know, term holy rollers. If you ever, listen, you, <laughs> oh yeah, we have holy roller meetings. And she starts rolling around on the floor and rolling back and forth and rolling back and forth. Now, there's probably 60 people there, a little bit more than it's here tonight. But, but me, it's half the size of this church. And she's rolling around at the floor and she's rolling back and forth. And people just look, I wasn't going to stop it because I know what's happening. Because I've seen it happen before in a meeting. But see, I'm not doing anything. But yet the presence of God is there. And I never, I never drawed attention to the devil. I mean, I, meaning I didn't call her up and, and, and start casting the devil out over in front of everybody. I didn't, draw any, I, just, I didn't draw any attention to the devil. I just drew attention to the Father. Amen? And you know what happened? She laughed uncontrollably. That happens everywhere we go. She laughed uncontrollably. A little bit like what Rose was doing Sunday, Sunday morning in, in chemo here last night and others, but laughing uncontrollably. But, this, but she couldn't stop. You was able to walk out, Rose. Her, she, she, she's a little petite woman, and, the, and, and her husband had to get up at 5 in the morning. He was a pipe fitter. Well, I didn't know that she was the one that owned the building. Her and her husband owned the building in their church that was the church, their house was next door. So he comes, he comes and picks her up. She's a small, petite woman. He picks her up off the floor and he throws her over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes. And she's like, ah, ha, 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 just uncontrollably. And as, as, she, as she, he's walking, he walks her out and walks her out the door. As he shut the door behind him, I, I could still heal her screaming, ah, laughing uncontrollably. So he takes her in, throws her in the bed. He said, because I had him testify the next night, he said, I couldn't sleep with her. He said, I had to get up at five in the morning. He said, I just laid there in bed, just, just shaking. As my wife's going, ah, he said, I had to get up and go sleep in the guest room. He said, I went to sleep in the guest room. I, the last thing I remember going to sleep is her laughing, screaming, laughing. 
He said, when I woke up in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, she's still laughing uncontrollably. He said, I, I just left her there still in her church clothes, laying under bed. He said, I went to work. I called home at 12 o'clock in the afternoon at my lunch break, and my daughter answers the phone. Daddy, what's wrong with Mommy? She's still in the church clothes from last night, and she's still in bed. She hadn't got her in bed. And Daddy, we go into the room, and she just laughs at us. She's just laughing uncontrollably. He said, I told my daughter, just, just leave your mom alone. She'll be all right. He said, I came home tonight, because he's testifying. This was Wednesday night. He said, I came home tonight, <clears throat> get home Usually I have a meal waiting for me. But my wife's still in bed, laughing uncontrollably. So I fixed myself a sandwich. I went into the bed. And I picked her up, threw her over my shoulder, and brought her into church. And sit her back down. Uh, still laughing uncontrollably. She, that night he had to carry her out, drunk in the Holy Ghost. The next night he had to carry her in. For 24 hours. Non-stop. Now... Some people says, well, what, what, what's the purpose of that? Well, we don't know all the whole purpose, but who cares what the purpose is? Just enjoy it. But I'll tell you this, what happened. I begin to, and I just seen this lady uh, last year. I just seen her again last year. This has been probably 20 years. This is what happened. This lady was hated in the community. She was mean. But when I found out her story, See, this is what I mean about the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. That's why Jesus drew attention to the anointing. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. Here's what she's, she's, she tried to commit suicide many times. She was on all kinds of different medicines, been in and out of mental institutions. But from the time she was eight years old to the time she was 14, her father, her grandfather, her uncle, and her brother would abuse her, would rape her, would Take out, there was a caboose out in the country. They used to put her in, and they do the most wicked, horrific things. I'm not even going to tell you what they did. It's just demonic and wicked. Her grandfather used to would rape her and then take his cigar and put out all over her body. And obviously now when you begin to hear her story, you understand why. You understand the hell that's going on in her life. She'd been, to, she'd been in and out of mental institutions, been in and out of doctor's offices. She's been on all kinds of medicines. But you know what? The only thing that could set her free was the anointing. And the anointing of God that night destroyed the yoke of bondage in her life. That was probably in 2000-something. My wife and I was back at that church, I think September of last year. And guess what? She's on the worship team. And she's never gone back. Never gone back. Totally set free. Totally delivered. Totally everything. See, it's the anointing that destroys their yoga bondage. It's the anointing that sets the captives free. And see, understand, the enemy will come in and try to get the church off on little tangents. Get the enemy off on... It sounds spiritual. But there's nothing spirit about it. There's nothing Holy Ghost about it. And if the enemy can get you off on a tangent... And guess what he can get you away from? He can get you away from the anointing. Because it's the, because listen to me very closely, church. The devil knows about the anointing. The devil knows about the anointing. The devil knows more about the anointing than church people know. Because the Bible says that he was anointed. 
Matter of fact, he still is. He, but yet he discrepted it. Understand why the enemy fights the anointing. The devil knows what happens. The devil knows what happens when the anointing of God is welcomed. The devil knows what happens when a body of believers begin to, begin to cry out to the Father. And come on, begin to cry out to God and begin to yield to the anointing. He knows what happens. Why do you think he fights the way he fights? Because the moment the anointing comes is the moment people are going to be set free. The moment the anointing comes is the moment people's lives are going to change. The moment the anointing comes is the moment that broken hearts are going to be healed. That blind eyes are going to be opened. That cancer is going to go from people's bodies. That marriages are going to be put back together. That minds are going to be healed. Come on church. That families are going to be healed. That shame is going to go. Come on. Because it's the anointing that makes the difference. It's the anointing that sets the captives free. It's the anointing that enables us to do that which God's called us to do. Because we can't do it in our own power. We can't do it in our own might. We can't do it in our own strength. It's the anointing of God that makes the difference in people's lives. And that's why we take and we focus. And that's one reason why I can tell you, I am not in a hurry. Because that thing on the wall means nothing to me. What means everything to me is you being free, you being equipped, you rising up and being all that God's called you to be. And But let me say, let me say this. I said it yesterday, but I want to take it a step further. Because I said yesterday, this church is not here to accommodate people. This church is here to accommodate the Holy Ghost. But as ministers, we, aren't, we, we, we don't get up behind the pulpit as a minister to be aware of people. That's the wrong motive. We're not here to be aware of people. We're here to be aware of the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost knows what you need. I don't know what you need. The Holy Ghost knows what you need. That's why we got to be sensitive to Him. And that's why we have to yield to Him. And that's why, listen, and even when it comes to preaching, who cares if it's not in your notes? Just Follow the Holy Ghost. Some people are so bound by notes and they got to get their four points in their poem in and all this. Who cares? They got to get their little joke in. Who cares? No, follow the Holy Ghost because it's the Holy Ghost that makes the difference. And listen, and I'm, I've, I've watched, and listen, I've watched over the years now because I've been doing this a long time. I've watched over the years little kids that has been in the meetings. That's why I made this statement the other night. I don't mind the kids in the meetings. I actually didn't want the kids in the meetings. I don't mind the kids in the meetings. I really don't. I don't, I don't mind crying babies. <laughs> Snoring saints is another thing, but crying babies, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the I'm on the airplane here a few months ago, and there's this lady with her baby. I felt so sorry for the lady, and she's the baby's crying, and you can tell people getting around be getting uncomfortable. Well, I, what, I mean, you think the lady's doing it on purpose? I mean, she's already embarrassed. Leave. And so there's this guy sitting beside me on the plane. He just keeps looking back at her. I'm like, dude, what's that going to do? Yeah, exactly. What's that going to do? Chill, man. I mean, don't you think she feels horrible enough? I mean, your baby, and it's just the pressure of the baby's ears and stuff that cry. Yeah. <laughs> and she, the baby just cried. And, and, and I said to the guy, I said, hey, I said, do you know why that crying baby don't bother me? And he looks at me like, 
Why? <laughs> I said, because it's not mine. <laughs> Crime babies don't bother me because they're not mine. <laughs> but I want, but I have, <laughs> but I have seen that over the years. Little kids come to our meetings over the years, come to our revivals. I've seen them on the floor, under the Holy Ghost on the floor. Because this is my 35th year of ministry. On the floor. And I can tell you about some of the kids now. Some of the kids now that were on the floor are pastors of Holy Ghost churches. Some of the kids on the floor are missionaries. Some of the kids on the floor are now evangelists. Going around the country doing what I'm doing. And they're not just all kids. Some of them are older folks. But what's old? Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, actually, to be honest with you, old is a mindset anyway. The Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. Hello? Amen? But listen, it's nothing just in one service because he's a God of the suddenlies. And suddenly he just comes. Suddenly he'll just fall. People see it in their mind, just listen to the word, mind their own business, and then suddenly he falls. Suddenly he begins to move. Suddenly he begins to move. Suddenly he begins to deal with the heart. Suddenly, out of the belly, that river begins to flow. Suddenly, suddenly it begins to flow. But isn't it amazing? But I could, but you know what? You would think that everybody would just love the joy of the Lord. Do you know some of the, 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 the most persecution that I've gotten in the ministry has been over the joy? Can you believe it? The most persecution that I've received in the ministry, it's not been over anything else. It's just been over the joy. I had a lady, I, I hate to say it, was in the South where I'm from. I had a lady come to my meeting and the power of God started falling. I mean, the joy started sweeping through the place. And she gets mad. She gets mad. Listen, the way I look at it, at least she got something. You know, because listen, people come to our meetings, they'll either get happy or they'll get mad. But at least they get something. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> and she, but she was sitting up in the front, and she, I mean, if you're gonna get, if you're gonna get upset, well, then just quietly leave. But she had to make a scene. I mean, she put her stuff, she zipped up her Bible, zip, 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 zipped up her Bible and put her stuff in the purse and then got her purse up and just, I mean, there's probably a couple hundred people there. And she just, just stormed out. Just like making, just, just total flesh, because flesh draws attention to itself. Total flesh. But the pastor knew her because she was one of the founding members of the church. So the pastor's like, why is she upset? So the pastor meets her in the lobby, says, Miss So-and-so, what's wrong? She said, I want you to know something. I'm never coming back to this church as long as that evangelist is here. And so he starts thinking, he said, well, what is it that I did that would make her so mad? And he couldn't think of me. He said, he said Miss So-and-so, he said, what did he do? She, and here's what she said. She said, I'm going to tell you something right now, Pastor. There's too much joy in this church. And she left. She left because there's too much joy. So the pastor made a mistake and told me. So you know what I did the next night? 
I got up and I announced, I said, ladies and gentlemen, I said, listen, I said, we had somebody leave last night because there's too much joy here. So I'm giving you a, no, a night's notice. Tomorrow night is going to be a special night of depression. And so, <laughs> I mean, think about it. Somebody get mad because of the joy. Come with me quickly, and I'm going to pray to Mark chapter 5. Don't leave, sir. I'll change. I promise. I'll change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel, well, I, I feel, whoo, it's going to be a drinking night. <laughs> yes, some of you, hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. I love this portion. I'm not going to be able to get into all of it tonight, but I love this portion of Scripture, especially when it's dealing with the subject of the anointing of God, because let me tell you something about the anointing. The anointing, as I said before, the anointing is very tangible. But oftentimes, when the anointing of God comes, it's 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 like a it's like a it's like a fire, it's like a heat, or, or like a warm like honey coming on you, because it's the anointing of, it's 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 the anointing of God that's can be released, but the anointing of God can also be received. That's why, if you notice, like when I pray for people the other night, I, I remember I, I I would say things like, "The moment I place my hand upon you," why? Because it's a point of contact. You know, but the Bible says in the book of, I think, what is it, Deuteronomy, the 34th chapter, I think it is, maybe verse 8, 9, or 10. I think verse 9. The Bible says that Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom that Moses had because Moses laid his hands on him. What happened? When Moses laid his hands upon Joshua, there was a transference of that anointing. I believe it's Deuteronomy 34 and 9. When Joshua had Moses' hands put laced on him, there was a transference. See, everything that Jesus did, Jesus transferred the anointing. He released, there it is, and Joshua, the son of Nun, I guess he didn't have a father, the Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. Meaning what? When Moses laid his hands upon him, that which was upon Moses went into Joshua. That's why you'll never find you'll you'll never find in the Word of God, never one time will you find Jesus praying for sick people. Never one time. But you will find Jesus ministered to sick people. See, there's a difference between praying for somebody and ministering to somebody. See, I don't pray for people. I minister to people. There's a difference. What is ministering? Ministering is releasing what God's given you. Releasing, I'm releasing what God's given me. When you, when I lay hands on people, I'm releasing what God's given me into others. And it comes by a point of contact. And it really, listen, and, and, and that's why I said to you, it, the anointing of God's available to you. Any anointing is available to you. It just comes down to how hungry you are you for it. This woman was hungry for it. The woman that your blood was hungry for it. Because she said, when I touch him, I'm going to be made whole. But yet, when we see this woman get healed, Jesus didn't touch the woman. This woman, 100% of what happened in her life was a result of her. Jesus didn't even touch her. Jesus' back was to her. 
I remember one time I had the opportunity, my wife and I, I, am, I had lunch with Oral Roberts. Remember who Oral Roberts were? Mighty man of God. I had, I had lunch with Oral Roberts, myself and, and my pastor and my wife and his wife and Oral and Richard and Lindsay. And we're sitting at this restaurant in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma by the mall. It was a, we're sitting in the back. There's this horseshoe table. And we're sitting there, and Oral Roberts begins to talk about how when he would lay his hands upon the invalids, when he laid his hands upon the sick, when he laid his hands upon people that needed miracles, he said, my whole arm and hand would burn like fire. And he said, when I'd lay my hands upon people, I literally felt, and he's telling us this at the table, I literally would feel my, the power of God go from my arm out of my hand into people. I feel the same thing. And as he's saying that, he's talking about just, the end, the end, end times. And he reaches over and grabs my friend's hand and he said, Father, let it be so with this young man. This is one of those suddenlies. He said, let it be so with this young man. And as soon as he prays that, in the restaurant, all of a, that section that we're in, all of a sudden, I tell you, the wind of God blew. That little corner in that restaurant. It's Grady's restaurant. I'll never forget it. It's not even there no more. And next thing I know, we're all like this. Because it was one of those God moments. It was one of those suddenlies. I mean, my hands burn like fire right now as I'm telling about it. It was one of those God moments. And I remember I'm sitting there like this. And I'm thinking, he just prayed for my friend. And the wind, and I'm like, so I stuck my hand out. And I looked up and Brother Oral's like this. In the restaurant. He was probably in his 70s at the time. And so I said, Brother Oral. I said, and I had my hand. I said, put your hand in my hand. Because I'm just that way. I'm just going to go after it. You got to go after it, church. No, you have to go after it. Well, you know, I don't want to be. Stop it. That'll keep you from the things of God. You got to go after it. You got to be bold. You got to be radical. And you got to go after it. And I stuck my hand out and I said, Brother Oral. And he goes like this. Yes. I said, put your hand in my hand. And he does like this. I don't have anything left. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? I could just go back and go, okay, okay I'm sorry. That would have been a false humility. That would have been fake. Oh, I'm sorry. Because I really wasn't sorry. I'm desperate. He's already, I mean, I'm thinking he's, he's already old. I mean, I might not ever have this opportunity again. And so I kept my hand stuck out. I said, Brother Oral. And he's like this. Yes. I said, get some more. <laughs> now, here's a general in the body of Christ. And I'm telling him to get some more. But you know what? He reaches open. He grabs my hand. And he says these words. And Father, let it be so with this young man. And I promise you, I promise you, as soon as he prayed that, and every time I talk about it, my hand, and that's my, my left hand, every time I talk about it, my hand burns like fire. Why? Because there was a transference of the anointing that day. And, 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 and here's the thing. The things of God, listen to me, are not hard. The things of God aren't hard. 
Religion makes it hard. Religion makes it out to be it's impossible. God just wants people to come after Him. God just wants people to come after Him. God just wants people to be radical. God wants people to seek Him. God wants people to be radical. And God wants people that's not going to take no for an answer. That moves Him. And that's what the woman with the issue of blood did. Because the Bible says there's a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, suffered many things, many physicians, spent all that she had, was no better, but rather grew worse. But when she heard of Jesus, the Bible says, she, when she heard of Jesus, she said, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. Because she began to, actually the Greek, you begin to study that out, the Greek denotes continuous action. She kept saying over and over and over and over and over. Brother um, Chemo, come here, let me use you an example. I'm going to give you an example of the transference of the anointing tonight, and I'm going to pray. So just um, just stand right here. Just Jose. I mean, sorry. Uh, chemo. No, face the wall. Face, oh. face the wall. Now, this is, this is chemo. I need a, I need a blanket. A, a rag. A modesty cloth, a prayer cloth, something, whatever. Now, Jesus, you're going to, uh, you're going to be Jesus. Now, this is, this is chemo. Now, I want to show you something. The Bible says that Jesus was walking with Jairus, and he's getting ready to go pray for his daughter because she's dead. Jesus is walking with Jairus. The Bible says the multitudes are thronging him. The multitudes are thronging, are thronging him. You know what it means to be thronged? I'm not talking about 20, 30, 40, 50 people. Thousands. Because the Bible says the multitudes are thronging. The Bible says he fed the multitudes. That was 5,000, 10,000 people. The multitudes are thronging because as we read in, in, in the book of Luke, the fourth chapter, the Bible says his fame spread abroad. Jesus was very famous. That's why they would just lay the sick in the streets. When Jesus would come by, they laid the sick in the streets. Why? So the sick can reach out and touch him, be made whole. So here's Jesus walking with Jairus, who is the ruler of the synagogue, by the way. The people are thronging him. But here's this woman who had suffered this very embarrassing disease for 12 years hemorrhaged for 12 years. So she's an outcast. She spent, the Bible says she spent all of her money, but wasn't any better. Isn't it amazing? Nothing's changed. The doctor saw her until she ran out of money. Sounds like today, don't it? Nothing's changed. But she said, when I touch him, I'll be made whole. And she made her way through the crowd. She made her way through the multitudes. You know she was weak. She's breaking the law, by the way. Jairus, who's a ruler of the synagogue, could have had her stoned on the spot. She's breaking the law. But you know what? She was just that desperate. I can't wait to get to heaven and meet this woman. She was just that desperate. And you know what? You're going to have to get that desperate. You know, you're going to have to get that desperate. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to get out of your comfort. She made her way through the press. She comes up to Jesus. She didn't even touch his person. She did, the Bible says she touched the hem of his garment. She just touched the hem of his garment. And the moment she placed her hand upon that garment and touched it, something miraculous happened. The very anointing that I'm talking about, the very anointing that's in this room right this very moment, is the very anointing that left Jesus and went into her. And immediately she felt in her body she was healed of that plague. And the Bible says Jesus, knowing within himself that power went out of him, that the virtue went out of him, he turned about in the press and said, who touched me? 
Who touched me? Let's do this again. No, no, no. So she comes up behind. She touches his garment. Jesus felt the anointing of God leave him. Jesus turns and Jesus says, Who touched me? Who touched me? Then the Bible says, the, 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 the disciples said, Master, is the multitude thong in thee? How do we know who touched you? How do we know who touched you? Jesus said, Somebody touched me. Then the Bible says, But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Told him everything she did. Told him what she said. Told him what she did. Jesus said, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and behold thy plague. Jesus never touched this woman. Jesus' faith didn't heal this woman. Jesus had nothing to do with this woman. Everything that happened was a 100%, 100% as a result of what this woman did. She wasn't going to take no for an answer. She Listen, but she heard. But when she heard, she believed. When she heard, she believed. That's why it's very important. Matter of fact, the Bible says, the Bible says take heed what we hear. And the Bible says, also says, take heed how you hear. It's very important what you hear. It's very, very important what you, listen to me, very important what you hear. But then when you hear it, you have to begin to speak it. That's what she did. She said, as soon as I touch him, what was it that, what was it that she heard? She had to hear about the anointing. Because everywhere Jesus would go, he would talk about the anointing. He would draw attention to the anointing. She had to hear about the anointing. She had to hear about the anointing that the anoint. If she could just get to him, if she because at that time the only one that was anointed was Jesus, because he had the Holy Ghost without measure. So she hears of Jesus. So she says, "Think about first off. Think about her desire to live." Because most people, mo, 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 I, I'm going to tell you something right now. Some people enjoy being sick. They don't want to be well because they like the attention. She had to hear, if I could just get the anointing. The doctors couldn't help me. I spent all of my money. I spent all of my money trying to get well. And you know, listen, I guarantee you, she, she would spend her money on, 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 on new things. And, you know, I mean, like, like now, I mean, just go on the Internet. I mean, you can just go on the Internet and there's all kinds of stuff that you, could, you can get for different ills of you, that's going on in your body. I guarantee you she probably exhaustively searched until she ran out of money. Now she's out of money. But she hears of Jesus. She hears of Jesus. I tell you, it's the power of God on you. Never the same. I tell you, it's the power of God on you. She hears of Jesus. And she says, when I touch him, because she already determined I'm going to get to him. I'm going to get to him. I'm going to get to him. I'm going to get See, that's how you, that's what hunger does. I don't care. I'm getting to that meeting tonight. I'm going to get there. We got, we got Tuesday night, we got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I'm getting there. I'm going to get there. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to, I don't care if it's 9 o'clock. I'm going to go at 9 o'clock. Nothing's going to stop me. That's what hunger does. No, no, that's what hunger does. I don't care. I don't care that I haven't eaten today. I'm going to get there because I'm hungry for God. I know I'm hungry for His touch. If I could just touch Him. She makes her way and she touched him. And that anointing was released. She was made whole. It was the anointing of God. 
that, that destroyed the yoke of bondage. Thank you, buddy. It was the anointing of God that destroyed the yoke of bondage. It was the anointing of God that set her free. But guess what? Jesus did not take the anointing to her. She went after the anointing. I'll say it again. Jesus did not take the anointing to her. She went after the anointing. You have to go after the things of God. You have to go after Him. And He's heard your cry, Rose. You have to go after Him. God wants you to come after Him. God wants you. Do you know one of the easiest things to do is, is, is to, the, one of the easiest things to ever do is receive the Holy Ghost rather than speaking in tongues? One of the easiest things to do is to receive the anointing. The, one of the easiest things for me to do is release the anointing. Because the things of God are not hard. It's all by faith. Everything's by faith. Everything's by faith. Everything. Everything's by faith. Everything's by faith. Everything's by faith. Do you know, every, everywhere I go, every, every meeting I go to, every meeting I go to, that I, Christ, I only go to Holy Ghost meetings. No, I'm serious. I, I don't. I, I don't have time for those stuff. I don't have time for the other stuff. I'm just beyond. I don't have time for it. I go to Holy Ghost meetings. I don't want to go hear a good talk. You know what I'm saying? Now, a good talk's great if the anointing's there. <laughs> but if the anointing's not there, then who, who wants to go hear a good talk? Yeah, but, yeah, but we've got this mindset in the church. We've got this mindset, well, you can't expect the Holy Ghost to move every service. Why not? No, I'm serious. I mean, I, I'm totally serious. I could take you to some group they say they're Holy Ghost people. But they'll go and, they'll go and preach a sermon. Well, well, nothing's happening. Well, you know what? What is this? It's just dismissed. Why? I mean, because they don't expect the Holy Ghost to move. Every single service, the Holy Spirit wants to move. But you know, one of the reasons that keeps Him is because we get caught up with, first off, we get caught, off, we get caught up with time. Which, who gives a rip what time it is? Because, let me ask you a question. How many of you, no, let me ask you, how many of you here used to party? Come on, raise your hand. Now, this is Oregon. Every hand should be raised. No, no. How many of you used to go to parties and drink and do stuff? I raised, come on. I, I raised all mine. Come on. Well, I got more reaction out of that than anything. No, listen, I used to go to parties all the time. Do you know what? And I promise you, when you used to go to parties, the last thing you thought about was the time. Well, how long is this party going to go? You never said that. Even though you know you had to get up and go to work in the morning. Hello? You never said, you never said, well, how long is the party going to go? Because I got to go to work in the morning. No! You would go to the party and you'd only have an hour of sleep. Two hours sleep. And guess what? You get up, you hung over. Sometimes sleep beside a stranger. Crawl to the crawl to the bathroom. Hug Uncle John. 
give him an offering. <laughs> then get up, get dressed, and go to work. And do the same thing the next night. I did. Well, you know, you know, people just can't sit too long. That's rubbish. People go sit four hours and watch a football game. Well, you don't want to keep people too long. Why? The world does. Isn't the excuses we make? People go sit and spend fifty dollars to go to, to go watch a movie. Sit three and a half hours and watch a movie. Pay twenty dollars for popcorn. Pay fifteen dollars for a coke. You get that much coke. And then you go sit and watch a movie and, and pay to get cussed out. Hello. But come to church. Well, how long is the service going to go? Well, you didn't ask that when you went to the movie. Boy, I better get off that subject. I, I, I'm, I'm meddling too much. <laughs> I like to meddle, though. <laughs> you know, I didn't have to do it here because your pastor dealt with everybody. But you know what? <laughs> Most places I go to, I'll spend the first couple of days just getting rid of certain people. So we can have a move of God. No, 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 honestly. Pastors already got rid of everybody. (laughs) You've already removed them all. (laughs) Actually, it it wasn't Monty, it was Don. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. Father, we thank you right now. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your anointing. Lord, I thank you for signs and wonders and miracles. I thank you for... I see people being equipped tonight. The gift of faith being released tonight. The gift, Mama, Mabrusta, Kelevrepa, Sistevra, Bondra Brafa, Sifra Monsata. Sisevre Bond of Rabanji, Vrebashe, Frabanzi, Vrebons, Vrebel Rubashista. Marupa Rifansiste, Vrepo, Susto, Korubashi, Freborusta. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, I tell you, the presence of the Lord's here tonight in a wonderful way. I'm going to pray for a number of people. But let me do this now. If I don't do it now, then it just won't happen. I'm going to have the ushers come right now, and we're going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed. Thank you, Jesus. There is sometimes in the meetings that I just get too over, and I just it's not even. Everybody take an envelope and just... Just pray and ask the Lord what He'd have you do tonight. Just pass them down, brothers. Just pass them down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're going to make out a check, you can make it out to VOR. That's Voice of Revival Ministries. We give, we we ex, we we take credit cards. We take everything. Thank you, Jesus. Also, how many? Of you, how many? Here are are on Facebook. Raise your hand if you're on Facebook. I I need you coming. 
I need you to come and be my friend. I need some friends. Come be my friend on Facebook, Richard Moore. Also the ministry, Voice of Revival Ministries. And also my wife, Rhonda Moore. Rhonda Sue. Is it Rhonda Sue? Rhonda, Rhonda, Rhonda Bow. Rhonda Bow Moore. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you just do what the Lord has you to do tonight. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Thank you. I know we have a pastor coming tomorrow, Pastor Luke's coming from Salem. And then Friday night, I know we have a pastor who's coming, bringing their Bible school here Friday night from, from Washington, from, um, huh? Well, Bremerton's coming also. Pastors from Bremerton are coming. And Aberdeen, Washington are coming. Huh? Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody here from Washington? Okay. You know, when I was overseas, I'm given an altar call, and my interpreter goes, what? I said, wash in the blood. What? Wash, you know, wash in the blood. What's wash? <laughs> I had to say, you know, you know, wash, 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 Washington. It's wash. Get washed in the blood. Get washed in the anointing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I can tell you're ready, aren't you? I like that. You're ready with the rags. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good helper right there. <laughs> You're going to get it. Come here. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now. Jesus. The fire of God. <laughs> See, to me, that moves me. That's radical. I want some of that anointing. That's radical stuff. That's how you got to get. You got to get that way. Let's just go ahead and pass the, pass the buckets. Or pass the... Pass the, the, the bag. <laughs> Jesus would also look at it to see what they gave. <laughs> Here we go. Don't forget the pastor. He wants to be blessed. Ha, ha, ha. Shelevreba. Karubosusta. This, you know what? There's always one. In every group, there's always one. Here, it just happens to be the pastor. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, I love him. I, I pick on him. He picks on me, though. If I pick on you, it's because I love you. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, just get rid of that sweater. Hallelujah. <laughs> Is that everybody? Oh no, we're still waiting. Still waiting. I'm waiting because I got. By the Holy Ghost, I'm gonna call some people out. Hallelujah, Brenji, Livra Voshustai.
Oh, hallelujah. We got some on this side. Is that everybody? Laura. Come. Hallelujah. Ooh. See, I didn't even touch her. See, that's the anointing. Come here. <laughs> that would have probably... She, she, lift your hands. Lord, it's good seeing you. Father, I thank you for your fire. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never the same. Never. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, Rasi Televre Basis Televropos Sustoka Brabakata. I won't pray for Rose and your husband. I won't pray for you and your husband. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come over here. Thank you, Jesus. Never the same. Never the same. What's your name? Mike. Mike. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Lord's going to touch you tonight. Never the same. You know, the Lord brought you here. The Lord brought you here. He's heard your cry. And he's got... his, his, he's got some things for you. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands. I'm going to pray for you. The moment I lay my hands upon you, that fire, that anointing is going to go right into you. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your touch. Lord, I thank you for your healing touch right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it, Mike. I felt that. My, 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 my. That's the power of God just went right into him. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Never the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. Never the same, Rose. Oh, yeah. Never the same, Rose. Everything's, yeah. It's going to turn. It's going to turn into Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That anointing, yeah, that anointing, yeah, never the same. Oh, yeah, 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 go ahead, just go hit that. Oh, yeah, never the same, never the same, never the same. That's it, Mike. Yeah, never the same, never the same. That's the power of God went right in you. <laughs> never the same. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. My frago, frago, Rose. Frago, 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 Mucho Frago, Mucho Frago, oh yeah, 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 Mucho Frago, oh yeah, Mucho Frago, yeah, Mucho, Mucho, Mucho Frane, Superbo Sofrane, Sacalibrofa, the fire of heaven, never the same, yeah, yeah, never the same, never the same, never the same, never the same. I'm gonna pray for this lady right here, and the lady in the white vest. Both of you, come. Ha ha. Frago. Frago. Frago, Rose. Frago, Rose. Come here. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you for your touch. In the name of Jesus. Moment. Yeah, there it is. That anointing right now. 
Jesus. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that anointing right now in the name of Jesus. Oh yeah, that anointing right now. Jesus. Oh yeah, oh yeah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah. You see that? Yeah, there it is. It's going right in you. Yeah, it's going right in you. Oh, it's going right in you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's going right in you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, mofe. Say levre basa. The fire of heaven. Oh yeah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Jeez. Oh yeah. No, I didn't. That wasn't me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. sister. Oh yeah. In the name of Jesus. This lady in the in the back here, ma'am, late with the red hair. Can pray for you. Is this your baby girl? What's your name? Janet. Janet. Do you come to church here? Sometimes. Sometimes. Hi, Hi, sweetie. Hi. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Mm -hmm. Hi. What's your baby girl's name? Janari. Hi, Janari. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pray for you. Just lift your hand. Father, I thank you for your touch right now. Lord, from her head to the soles of her feet. Jesus. <laughs> There's that anointing right now going right in you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your touch. <laughs> from her head to the soles of her feet. Jesus' name. Thank you for the baby, Lord. Thank you that your hands on her. And she'll, all of her days of her life, she'll serve you and walk with you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Never the same, Goldie. It's the power of God on you. No, no. Don't be in a hurry. (laughs) Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Come here, man. Lift your hands. Lord Jesus, close your eyes. Lord Jesus. Mama. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the fire of the Holy Ghost all over you. That's it, Rose, all over you. Oh, yeah. Never the same. This lady, can I pray for you? Come here. Come here. Or minister to you. Come here. Oh, yeah. Never. That's it. Never the same, Rose. Never the same. What's your name? Lonnie? Yeah. Your hands, Lonnie. Father, I thank you for your touch. In the name of Jesus, a fresh fire. Jesus. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same, Lonnie. Never the same, Lonnie. Never the same. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I will pray for the three of you. Let me pray for the three of you. We'll put you out over here. Hallelujah. 
You can't get rid of the grin? Are you trying to get rid of the grin? Huh? I think you're a little drunk. Just a little bit. Just a little bit? Don't touch me again because i got to cover these people. Don't touch you again? She says, she says, don't touch me again. i got to cover these people. Sip up. Okay, lift your hands. Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you for a fresh, shoo, my Rafa, see, a fresh fire. In the name, jeez, oh yeah, filled, oh yeah, from your head to the soles of your feet, for that anointing, that that same fire that fell upon me, Jesus. Never the same. Never the same. Oh, yeah. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Lord, I thank you for your touch. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's that only right now. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Jesus' name. Ha ha. Russo corrap anjifre basista. Never the same, Mike. Never the same, Mike. Never the same, Rose. This is his first time? That's the first time to feel that? That's never... Come here, Mike. Come here, Mike. So let's... So I just want to... Just turn for a minute. So that was the... You never had that happen before? No, no. Never, never have. Was it good? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was amazing. Yes, it was. I felt it for sure. You felt it for sure. I loved it. Yes, I did. I felt the presence. I felt your heat. Actually, I felt your arm burning in me. That's what I felt. Yeah. Uh huh. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing, to Mike. Just turn around. It's just the beginning, Mike. In the name of Jesus. Never the same. Never the same. Never the same. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) She says she can't wipe the smile off her face. I don't want you to. Drunk. Go ahead. Drunk. Go ahead. Drunk. Have a double dose. I talked to your husband the other night. You need another drink. <laughs> Go ahead. Have some. Never the same. Never the, never the same, Mike. Never the same, Mike. Never the same, Mike. Go ahead. Start, go ahead and start speaking in tongues. That's the, poor, that's the anointing of God on you. Harasa preboruso fravangistai. Maria Rovoso Korea Nabraba Shistai. Yeah, that's it. Just go ahead and speak. Go Roba Raba Shiste Lebre Bakitai. Jesus Roba Karaba Shistai. Jesus. Jesus. Man, man, I don't know what it is about your church. I go lay my hands on the men. I keep hitting guns. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, 
Jesus. Lord, touch him, Lord. He needs a double dose. I know his father. He needs a double dose, Jesus. Touch him, Lord. <laughs> touch him, Jesus. Touch him, Jesus. Touch him, Lord. The fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. I tell you, that's the power of God all over this dear lady. I'm telling you, you watch and see. Trust me. I'm a doctor. Trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Jesus Fire of the Holy Ghost. Jesus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just think we're not even broke through yet. Drunk. Go ahead. Drunk. Go ahead. Drunk. Go ahead. You're a, you're a, you're a pastor. You need a double dose. I know your husband. You need a triple dose. <laughs> I know your son. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Drunk. Drunk, drunk, Lord, bring him and bring him a Holy Ghost wife. Drunk, I think we know who the church drunk's going to be. What's happening? Stay over there. sister go ahead from one rag lady to another <laughs> something about the rag ladies yeah that's it go ahead sister rag lady number two <laughs> yeah the more you the more you try to be serious the drunker you get well praise the lord isn't the lord good hallelujah you know, the thing I find about the meetings is, and, and we're breaking through, we're, we're further along than we were Sunday morning. 
But you know what these meetings are like? And when I say that, and I'm not saying that because, because the church didn't have anything. I'm not saying it for that reason. Because obviously this is a very, very anointed pastors. And, but, but this is, these, these are revival meetings. It's different. And here's what I found about everywhere we go. Every, every meeting. It's almost like, just picture a wall and you, and, and picture a, a, a battering ram. You know, you know, you, you've seen these movies, you know, like Braveheart, you know, where they, they, they built that battering ram and they banged against the door. Well, that's what these, every service, that's what it's like. You just bang against the door, you bang it, and then the next thing you know, you bang against that dam because there's a dam in every meeting. There's a dam wall in every meeting. But as you, as that battering ram goes against the dam wall, next thing you know, cracks start getting in the dam. Next thing you know, water starts coming through the dam. Next thing you know, the dam wall comes down. And that's what these meetings are like. So there's a, there's, and every, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, there's a damn wall. But the damn wall's gotta come down. And with the damn wall, it keeps the water from flowing. <laughs> That's what the damn wall does. <laughs> so there's cracks in the damn wall. But when the damn wall comes down, it's like, you ever been to Hoover Dam? I mean, if that thing was to come down, I mean, it's, it's going to destroy lots of things, lots of people, lots of cities. Hallelujah. But the Lord is doing something. I tell you, that's the power of God on you, Mike. It's on you. It's real, isn't it? And it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Every night stronger and deeper. Never the same. And I just feel to tell you, ask the Lord for something big. Believe God for something big. He's a big God. I just feel to tell you, believe God for big things. Believe Him for big things. He wants to do big things. Believe. I just feel by the Holy Ghost to tell you that, to believe God asking for big things. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, most people have not because they ask not. And when they do ask, they ask so small. They ask in, in relation to what they can do in the natural. No, no, no. Ask, ask, ask so big that there's no, it's impossible for you to even attempt to bring it to pass in your own strength. Amen? Hallelujah. Ask. You should, listen, you should just go through the scriptures and just look at all the times God tells us to ask. You'd be amazed. Ask, and you'll receive. Ask, but you've got to ask. Hallelujah. You want the anointing? See, there's something about the rag ladies here in this church, man. Come here, Peggy. Get your hands. You can go any way you want to go. You can go any way you want to go. Jesus. Jesus. Never the same, Peggy. Drunk. 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 Yeah, drunk. 
Drunk, drunk, drunk. Fire! Listen, honestly, ministers need it more than anybody because they're constantly giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. Amen? And most most pastors, ministers, they don't really have a place to go get refreshed, you know? That's why, that's why every year, a couple times a year, this church needs to send your pastors down to Florida. Amen? They need to drive new cars. What else did you tell me to tell that I'm telling? <laughs> I'm cheesing. I'm cheesing. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Monty didn't say anything. It was Pastor Don. Hawaii every year. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's it, Stephen. Anybody named like Stephen, you had to be a good drinker. Jesus. Lord, bring him a Holy Ghost wife. Jesus. I just got him into an agreement with me. Oh, you are? You're praying for him? They're praying. Praise the Lord. Yes, amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Well, I've been, I'll, I'll spend a week with your pastor, so p- pray for me. <laughs> oh, listen, I know, uh, listen, I, I know he's going to get the mic this week, and I know he's going to, I'm going to reap what I sow, I know it. <laughs> Oh, my. Hallelujah. Well, the Lord's good. We're going to let you out early tonight. Have you been blessed tonight? Just lift your hands. Father, I thank you. Lord, we thank you for you what you've been doing. Lord, I thank you for this church, Abundant Life Family Church. Lord, I thank you for increase in every area. Lord, I thank you for increase in the anointing, increase in finances, increase in people, Increase in the advancement of your kingdom and increase in gifts. An increase in favor. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for that land. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for every individual that walks through these doors. Lord, I thank you that not one person leaves without a touch from heaven. Not one person leaves without an impartation from heaven this week. Lord, I thank you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we believe you for big things. We believe you for mighty things. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And more than anything, Lord, we thank you for being so good to us. Lord, all of our days, Lord, you've only been good to us. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And Lord, we even thank you in advance for what you're going to do tomorrow night. We'll give you glory and honor in Jesus' name.
Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Pastor, would you like to say anything before? There's refreshments. I'll say it for you. There's refreshments downstairs if you'd like some. Anything else? And he loves you. And we love you. We'll see you tomorrow. I almost said tomorrow morning. We'll see you tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Hallelujah. Invite someone. Get on the telephone. How many know people that need this? Get on the phone and get them here. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.